This podcast is a member of WGPRN, wildgamesproductions.com. And who are you, Miss Peru? Miss Peru, you must describe to the podcast. Yeah, now you're on. Now you're on. You're officially on now. Can't edit you out. Come on, too late. There is no editing here. The family's around uh, (laughs) Stormbringer here. I mean, I'm sorry. The group is around Stormbringer. (laughs) Hey. So, come here, guest. Tell the podcast who you are. Come on, Peru. There's gonna be lots of tequila. There's gonna be lots of. (laughs) I don't know why you gotta go Peru to get tequila. What? There's gonna be a lot of dancing. All right, so podcast. Oh, come on now. All right, now, who are you? The mysterious voice. The mysterious voice from... Sure. You want to eat something? No, I, I ate before. Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm trying to look like... So can you tell the podcast who you are? I'm the boss. Yes. Say it loud so they the can boss. hear you. I'm the boss. I'm the boss. <laughs> she is the Peruvian demon type seven. <laughs> <laughs> Queen no, it Lord. does not exist because there's only one of its kind. <laughs> Queen Lord of the Underworld. And even Osmodeus is in fear. <laughs> you must be careful or she will take away your miniature expenses. <laughs> Do not Dan, I'm having the, uh, the chow mein with the double orange chicken. What you got over there? Fried rice with, um, what is it, uh, walnut? Seasoned uh, shrimp and uh, orange chicken, which none of this that real Chinese probably would ever eat. This is for Americans only. No, this is this is real Chinese food. I watch real Chinese people cook it. Oh, I know. <laughs> real, yeah. real Chinese people named Wan or <laughs> it is spelled W A N G. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and Alexis is having what? One of my Red favorite cakes. Velvet. Oh yeah. Cupcake. Nice. A muffin. Sorry. Nice. It's a muffin. And I'm I'm doing double caffeine with a. Motor oil, peach coffee. I still don't know the name. That's of Blood it. and Thunder. Blood and Thunder, and, and a giant monster. So I'm, I'm gonna be up till about seven o'clock. I'm gonna be Friday. up until like, uh, what was it, the twenty fifth hour? Yeah, uh, and then so maybe Friday. I'll, I'll still now, be awake. How long has it been since we've gathered? Oh hell, it was back in 1969. Yeah, <laughs> it's been like six months. Yeah, it's been a while. Now we had some problems. Now can we kind of? The voice Josh and I on uh, the Christmas show a little about you and Alexis, right? So <laughs> we we were talking about some things that happened to you, why we couldn't play, and then Alexis had her thing fall on her lap. So you guys can explain what so, uh, so what's much. I've going won, on. Well, I've won the lottery. And, no, um, what what hasn't gone on? Jeez, Louise. <sighs> There's always work issues. Lost my grandmother. What else? And the Giants won. The Giants won the World Series, so that took up and every every yeah. aspect of my sanity. <laughs> but mainly, you're still fighting for your job and fighting for still work. Still doing that. Fighting for my job. So it's I'm, hard to get. 
I told everybody at work they got to keep their heads on a swivel because I'm going to start kneecapping people. <laughs> I'm so going to help you. So I can go up in seniority, which is good. I mean, I think that's legal. <laughs> it is if you talk like this. That's right. You know, I'm German, so I'm I can start taking people out. Now, Alexis, you um, are now teaching as a full-time teacher, right? Um, part-time, but I'm also a part-time substitute, so let's just say yes. Full-time work, but I do teaching and I do other duties. This came on to you, like, all of a sudden you were, like, part-time and all of a sudden, do you want to teach? So I was actually, I was actually right? full-time. I was okay. a full-time, but not a teacher. I was a full-time, like... Assistant. Substitute assistant. I did all the odd jobs of school, you know. Hey, carry these papers, watch this hall, right? Stuff like that. You know, that's basically my duty. But I was full time because you know you need you need people like that. You don't realize that a school needs people to watch the halls, make sure kids are going to the bathroom and not hanging out there. Gophers are expensive. Also, you need people to do office tasks that the administration doesn't want to do. All those tasks that you don't think that administration doesn't (laughs) realize. We mean go get a copy. Yeah. That's actually a job. That is a job. That is a job. I do sometimes get stuff for people. You clean out the coffee? I don't actually. Put a new filter in? So the teachers try to all take turns doing that. (laughs) (laughs) We all take turns. She was a teacher for 40, 40 years. Anyway. Yeah, she taught... I mean, she, my, my grandma became a teacher, I think, at 40. She got her she got her college wow. degree at 40 and became a teacher and taught for 40. That's, 40 years. That's awesome. Yeah. That's I mean, cool. For a long time, we would go to stores, and sh- we couldn't go places without somebody recognizing her. I mean, it was for years, wow. for, for almost my whole yeah, life. Yeah, because teachers are Somebody would say, oh, Miss Gerlach, there's Miss Gerlach. You know, it's like, man, can't take wow. her anywhere, you know? That's really cool. Yeah, so. I like being a teacher, but it just got thrown you, at you me. You can get that if you... If you, if you Make an impression. You it's know. almost like being Mr. Feeney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, Josh had an exciting thing happen during Christmas time. I did. I got to go back and visit my folks over in the Atlanta area. Nice. How'd that work out for you? Oh, it was good. Always good to gather, you know, see the uh, see the family, get some free gifts. Free food. I was going to say free, free food. Free food. Free food, free gifts, free, you know. Uh, Lectures. Well, lectures are always free. No, actually, you usually <laughs> have to do something to earn a lecture. No, you don't. Yeah, you no, do. You no good deed goes unpunished. You just on, have Ken. to smile sometimes. Well, that's what I'm saying. Why so are you smiling? You still have to do stuff to get yeah. a lecture. Yeah. No one gives free yeah. lectures. You got to breathe. You, you got to do something. You're breathing too loud. And I was really busy working on 40K miniatures. Yeah. In fact, I was so busy, I absolutely couldn't play the game. I know. And they're coming together. They're painting up. I'm going to have to do a little side podcast with Josh. We're going to have to just do like a 10, 15 minute. You're doing 40K, 40K. miniatures, but we're not playing 40K. I know, but it's just that's my you, other Wait a second. We're not playing 40K? No. <laughs> Why and, am I here? So did, <laughs> exactly. you, did you paint any of the miniatures for this campaign? Actually, I didn't. So I told you it was well, a slothful servant on the There you go. The prairie. I take so. that back. Maybe lectures are free. <laughs> you know, Dan doesn't do anything. <laughs> not at all. Actually, not Dan at all. He doesn't do anything. So was Josh. Yeah, I mean now I know where Josh gets it from. <laughs> <laughs> we just we just put on the damn show. Why don't you guys be quiet? <laughs> Couple side notes. Um, Mastodon's coming again in April, correct? Yes. Mm. Yes. I think Rush is coming around around May. So there's a couple bands I like. I know we'll be seeing this year, 2015. Hell's yes. Welcome, uh, listener, to our 2015 official WWG4. Not WWF. WWF. Yeah. WG4. <laughs> That's too many. W's. The Forgotten Temple of 
Thrasden. Let's get ready to rumble! <laughs> Which we are renaming uh, the Forgotten Temple of Asarak. Yes. So it is an official Gary Gygax module, correct, Josh? Yes. Asarak is in a luchador mask in this one. Actually, Asarak's planning to make a guest appearance again. Asarak never makes a guest appearance. Many, many times. It's never a guest appearance. When he shows up, somebody dies. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, this is the... He's that guest who shows up unannounced, right, yeah. Dan? He does. A surprise guest. Yeah, this is the Hello. Re- return of the death of the party. So mm-hmm. Return of the death of the party? Yeah. We the, resurrected them yeah, all just to kill them again. Resurrected them all. Ada's back just to be disintegrated. Now, before we go wow. down the module... Heartless, one, <laughs> Before we go down the module background... Is there any final thoughts about us too? We've had some time to simulate and stuff. I mean, what's did you guys? What do you think? I mean, it was kind of weak. No, <laughs> <laughs> douchebag. Josh got the final episode up finally. Yes. <laughs> he doesn't do anything around. He doesn't do anything. I'm telling you, it's ridiculous. No, it's uh, we're, I think we're still properly traumatized, so we need some new traumatizing. So that's why we're getting this back going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. beat me, beat me again. Yeah. One of your characters, yeah. This time it's going to be me pulling the miniatures away. <laughs> forget that. I'm not, I'm not going to deal with that. No more ones. Yeah, no. Uh, real quick, I would like to just thank... Uh, the seven, that's a good sign. Uh, I know, i got to buy some new dice. Because these dice failed me. What is it, the WW, what is it called again? WWDF? Yeah, what is it, W? The World Wrestling I always forget Grand Poop. Come on. There it is. Can you that thing again? Yeah, see, Ken and I are, are testing out dice, making sure they're going to be good for this season. I got a 16. That's not too bad. Oh, oh there he is. The first one. Right I got to get a picture of that. Right there. Good the first lord. first one, but it didn't. It is. wasn't in-game. It was in-game. It's these new dice. I swear to God. This is a dice. This see, dice. those smoke dice, I didn't like them as soon as I saw them. This dice is 20 years old, so let's see. Nah, it's not a one. But it's a six, you know. The know. devil is six. I don't know. Well, first of all, I want to thank Wild Game Productions, right, Josh? We yes. need to remember to do that. And DM Vince has got an online magazine that now has gone over five years. Wow. I've been listening to some of his um, his little pod slots, and they're a lot of fun. And I recommend anybody to listen to them. A lot of fun. They go for magical items, rules, and just all around fun nostalgia from the seventies so, and six and eighties. So they're not. So they're just like talking about stuff. They're not like playing. Well, his podcast uh, is is specifically like an online magazine. It's okay. kind of like you just listen and they yeah. talk about nostalgia modules, rules, and okay. it's cool. They'll pick okay. out like a magical item, and like one I heard recently, it was the bag of devouring, and they kind of just break it all down and tear it all up and give you all sorts of fun tidbits of what it could be and how how it was invented. So, for the people who are listening, check out his. His podcast, it's very much in the spirit of the uh, the Dragon magazine. Well, he That's does footprints kind of, you know, too, which is Dragon magazine. Yeah, Let's so I mean, say. yeah, yeah, it's be, yeah, so yeah. So I just like uh, you know, just let him know that uh, you know, five years ago he started the this online. You know, am I the only one that likes first edition D and D? And come to find out, there isn't. There's well, four. we're here now, and he's gotten, I mean, mainline guests. I mean, from Margaret Wise to. You know, Luke Gygax, and it goes on. Frank Metzner was on a couple episodes ago. The guy who does Gary Gygax magazine comes on all the time. He also helped him produce it at the beginning. So, I mean, just you can find a lot of entertainment uh, on his podcast. Um, 
so we would just like to thank his production to let us on uh, on board his his uh, his flagship. Thank you, Dean Vince. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, my first officer is reporting to me right now that uh, all ships are running correctly, right, Mia? Warp drive is functioning. Is warp drive running correctly, Mia? Okay, thank you. Now, can you go back over and play with your sister so Daddy can focus on his little podcast? And I know now that I'm not the only one that has problems with kids doing podcasts. Because I've heard a lot of podcasts that people and parents have the same problem. So, first officer, Mia, can you please report to the engine room and stay there? Thank you. Go, go Mia. Go, baby. Mia. So... <clears throat> Got to get her uh, promoted. <laughs> Staff sergeant or something. Staff sergeant. Just no red shirt. No red shirts for the baby. Ada was wearing a red shirt. <laughs> yeah, yes, we know how that turned out. Ada was wearing a red shirt. But um, There's going to be a lot of red shirts in this one, too. Hopefully not. Uh, if there are any, I'm going to blame you for rolling it. <laughs> I'm telling so, you. So, Dan, I, I want to take a quick side note here. Where, where, what'd you roll? It was a 16. So I'm, 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 I saw a one. It was a, you, and a six. Okay. I, I made sure when we were creating characters, like, Dan, how many fate points we got here? So I rolled yeah. us some new fate points. You want to make sure that uh, you can, can Ken's gonna, roll for initiative correctly. Ken's, right? Yes. <laughs> Ken's going to burn right through him. I can already feel yeah. it. Oh, no. This side of the table, <laughs> you know. It's gonna, this, this, this is the bad side. Have some confidence for heroes, man. I know, but... It's, I'm playing the mighty Desna. It's scary. Now, this module was what I would consider when it came out one of those modules that everyone looked at and said, oh, that's scary. How does it fit in? And again, I guess we talked about last time, what does WG4 mean? Go ahead, Alexis, ask me that question again. <laughs> what does WG4 mean? Oh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know the answer, though. But I answered you last time. You forgot already? Yes. <laughs> what, what? like only six, six months, months ago? ago. <laughs> it was six months ago. Please explain. All right. To me, it feels like yesterday, because yeah. I literally just heard it yesterday. Because <laughs> you finally put it up. Yeah. Thank you, Josh, because you do nothing. You do nothing. Anyway. After the T-Series. The T-Series. Uh, WG4 T1, means T2, uh, T3. was supposed to be the original lineup, but it turned into be T1, 2, 3, and 4, and they put it in a book form called the Temple of Elemental Evil. That was actually supposed to be World of Greyhawk 1, 2, 3, and 4. They kept it with the T-Series because that was originally... So the Temple of Elemental Evil was supposed to be before this one? Yes, in the it, series. Because it's a World of Greyhawk exclusive module is what it's supposed to be. Mm, okay. Now there's rumors that 5th edition is supposed to, I guess, do the new Elemental Evil. And now they're going to put it in Neverwinter Forgotten Realms. And there's like all sorts of people like uh, Greyhawk 4x4. They're freaking out about it. They're like, this is wrong. They can't do this. They're stealing Gary Gygax's Greyhawk material and putting it in Forgotten Realms. This is just wrong. Yeah, we so. should not immortalize the man who created D&D. This is bad. It's not that. It's it's that they're putting it in the Forgotten Realms, which is... Why, why are they doing that? Why can't well, they because it's a Greyhawk. traditional Greyhawk so, campaign Greyhawk. setting, and then Forgotten Realms is an Ed Greenwood campaign setting. FR has always been one of the best properties of, of D&D. Yeah. Uh, you look at 3.5, you know, FR was still selling. Second edition was completely dominated by it. Yeah. Um, you know... Well, you had the Drizzt books. Yeah. So third, yeah, third you have the elements. Yeah, third edition was was completely you know fourth edition not so much. They had a different setting, but you still had fourth edition supplements for for FR. And fifth edition, the default setting is Forgotten Realms, and so what ends up happening oh. is, you know, you have to deal with it. You know, it's like my kid, my honest opinion. If I'm to have it, 
or not have it, I, of course, would rather have it. I, I, I think there are too many people who have not played these classic modules. We, we mentioned this when we first began. That's right. It's better that they play it, even if it be a semi-bastardized version, yeah. and be familiar with it, well, you, know. you know. Like I said, you could you could de-bastardize it and still play 5th well, edition. If you're, Gary Gygax, if you're good, if you're a good DM, yeah. you could Gary Gygax's right. initial uh, um, outline for D&D was, here is a structure for a module. Okay, again, structure. So it's a framework. What he wants you to do is actually do beyond the carpentry work and fill it the way you want. But, and he did that with all his modules. And and the problem with, I think, today, now 5th edition, they're saying no, but I don't know yet, is the problem with today, they want to answer all the questions for every little nit, nitpick thing. And I'm not saying every module's like that, but they have, what, Player Handbook 5? Really? I mean, you got to answer every little nitpick thing. I mean... That was the beauty about first, second edition. It had this total big window of like, you know what? Here's the structure. You fill it in for your game, yep. the way you fit it in. And I, that's what I love about the classic edition uh, modules. Yes. But with that said, the thing that was beautiful about these original modules in first edition was the structure. We took S2, for example, which was more structured, and it was made for more of a campaign setting at a convention. But we took it and integrated in our campaign, and you guys, I don't think, knew between what was module and what wasn't. Because I remember Alexis's thing, she goes, oh, really? That was supposed to be a vampire? And you had, yeah, so the, the idea was Gary wanted you to take a module, read it, and then integrate it into your own, take elements of the classic aspects of the module and have it there, but then kind of make other elements of it your own. Basically yeah. use That's brain. What, that was Yeah, that was the idea of Wandering What's Monster yeah. and Wandering Treasure and all this stuff is Gary was trying to hint, hint, flush it out on your own and so we took s2 and we've i i felt we turned it upside down so the people are familiar with s2 they were like wait a second this is drastically different but the main elements yeah. were all there and uh pretty much it was almost a whole new module re-energized and reinvented and gary gygax's intent on all these modules were, were to do that here's the outline this is something you can take take parts of it and then make it your own yeah. So WG4 is going to definitely be something that's recognizable for people who know the module, but it's going to be very new because the original antagonist, which is this cult in this temple, is going to be turned into the cult of the Asterak followers. And then elements of who these people were in the original mo module I'm going to use as a backstory. So there's going to be things there, if you know this module for those who have read it, uh, like I was saying, when I first picked this module up, no one ever played this module. Out of all the kids I ever knew, everyone had the module, but no one ever played it because it had a lot of adult themes in it. And right. so kids were like, I don't know what to do with this. Right. So, and again, this module was also supposed to go in conjunction with S4 because half of S4 is this wilderness traveling to the caverns. It's, it's, an, it's a true adventure in the sense. It's not just, hey, when you get here, this is when the adventure begins. It's here's how you get there, and then this is what happens when you get there. That's right. So he was trying to like explain to people how to do a wilderness adventure to a dungeon or to a cavern crawl. So WG4 would help illustrate more on the supplement in S4 on how to do that. And again, it was more of a structure. Here's a pattern. It was kind of like... Um, Remember the temple set in Conan the Barbarian? Oh, wait, you haven't seen Conan the Barbarian, have you? Oh, one of ours Conan has not seen Conan the Barbarian. It's Conan the Destroyer, right? Yeah, 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 maybe, right. Maybe that should be a Tuesday a, a Tuesday thing. Anyway. Watch our characters watch Conan. 
Uh-huh. You remember the temple is set in the middle or the beginning of it, and they went in and fought the snake and all that, right? Yeah. Well, even though it tied in with the overall story, it was kind of like a little separate little adventure to carry on the overall theme of the temple of Seth overcoming all the land in, in Hyperborea. Well, this module is a lot like that. This is that idea of going to the temple of Seth and dealing with the cult there, but it's going to tell the overall story to illustrate it in a broader perspective. Right. WG4 is that. And we're going to use that vehicle to talk about um, the displacement of local lords and Silvery Moon, the tension between Waterdeep and Luskin with Silvery Moon. We're going to find out that some more epic heroes have passed and died, which is going to put more pressure on the heroes. And then we're just going to spearhead into the caverns of Tosa Janath, but I'm changing it, the caverns of Ishtar. Nice. So we're going to, instead of finding a female mage of Igwigi, which is a strange name, you're going to find the tomb of Ishtar. Nice. So are we going to do S4? That would be this one, yes. So we're going to do S4 first? Okay. No, we're doing WG4 right now. Okay. And that's going to lead us... When we finish WG4, basically the party that's chosen to go into that cavern, we're going to end at the entrance. Mm, Okay. So you'll, you'll have flushed out the realm around Silvery Moon and the surrounding lords and whatnot. By that time, Silvery Moon will have dealt with its problem. The mm-hmm. temple itself will have been cleared. And then the party will go on to the Orc Kingdom and then from there spearhead itself to the the cavern of Ishtar. And then when we... We already know three players are on their way. Three characters are already on their way. William, right? Yep. Guillermo. Guillermo. Errol. Uh, Errol. No. Errol. Mm-hmm. And the cleric, Shamar and uh, Alec are going after Grumhammer. Yeah. yeah. So the fellowship from S two is going to split. Yeah. They already know they need to go to the Ishtar and get that and get that. So the fellowship from S two is going to split. So this module is going to encompass that story about Grumhammer finally, and it's going to encompass the story of that party getting to the cavern. So this module is going to incorporate the party. Dealing with the Temple of Aserac in Silvery Moon, going to the Orc Kingdom, and then going to the Cavern of Ishtar. And whoever those players are, I mean, I'm sorry, whoever those characters are, the players have to choose. Those characters will meet up with Hendrix, Garamal, and Errol. And that will be the party that goes into S4. The question is in your minds right now is thinking, well, why don't we just send everybody? Because by the time WG4 is done, there's going to be a lot of tension, so you're going to want some heroes to be stayed back with Silvery Moon. Yeah. And we'll discover that as, the, as it unfolds. So not everyone's going to go, nor can they go. Right. So um, that's kind of the pattern of where we're going, and, and people can kind of see the, the pattern. Once S4 is done, we officially have finished the, the S series for the most part, except for S3, and then we're going to go to the Return of Tomb of Horrors, which is very grand. In my opinion, probably the the most grand module of all time. It literally is. I've played a lot of modules. This module is the most epic. Uh, we when I played it first originally, we none of us had read it. The guy DM um, Jim ran it back in the nineties. There was I think five or six of us that were playing. We're each running two characters. <clears throat> Between all of us, there was hundred and thirty years of experience of D and D. In other words, all of us had played all the stuff. We understood everything. So when we went into this module, we understood, and we got three-fourths of the way through it, and we died. 
<laughs> so it's grand and epic, and I and, love it. and um, it's going to test the metal of any player. So I like it. Very cool stuff. So we're going to open it up with <clears throat> some of the original characters that we started in S one, and we left them in the in the chamber with the queen in S two, the very first episode. If people want to go back and listen to that, we're now going to roll back back in time to that time. And specifically for this first opening episode, we're going to talk about the mission or the quest that Desna Sophia talked about that she went down to Candle Keep to get the information about the coming horror terror and then where they can get artifacts of Blackstaff and that was White Plume Mountain. So we're going to tell that tale and then it'll bring us up to, up to date to the Queen's Throne Room and then the day of Shabbat which was the day that Chimera Keep got attacked. We're going to do that day in conjunction here in Silvery Moon, which will then start to tell the story of WG4. So I have a question. So Therizdin is the god of insanity, and I feel like he has... I've read about him before because I wanted to make a cleric of an insane god, and I remember reading about him because he was... The god of insanity, he had a bunch of crazy domains. It was very Cthulhu-ish mm -hmm. and Lovecraftian. Mm -hmm. So Asarak or he doesn't seem like that. So I'm curious Okay. What you're gonna do there. <clears throat> the thing of it is is that I'm gonna talk about the fallen gods. Okay. Okay. These are gods that are out of the will of the Daedra and out of the will of the Valinor. They're beings that have left their plane of existence, and they are their own. Thuazda is one of these gods. He is neither Daedra, nor is he Valinor. And his power is only uh, gleaned off people of mortality who worship him. Yeah, I think he was so, trapped, right? He's a trapped That's god. correct. And part of the problem with this is, I'm going to get into this, is the fact the reason why he has no strength is because in the mortal realms he has no worshippers. Yeah, well it's crazy. So, <laughs> well that and the fact that right now he literally is trapped. Mm -hmm. He does exist but he's trapped. In today's realm of Forgotten Realms and in today's Silvery Moon the structure of this temple has been forgotten. Mm -hmm. So now it's been used as a temple of El. Kind of like how cultures rise and fall, yeah, yeah, rise yeah, and yeah. fall. So, that backstory, I'm going to tell when it's uncovered. Okay. But you're not fighting his clergy. Okay. You're going to be fighting the clergy of Asarak. Mm -hmm. That's something I don't want to give up to totally the plot of, but okay. that's what's going to happen. Well, but, I'm just curious. This is on my mind. Yeah. I haven't forgotten about the essence of the core of the module. Mm -hmm. In other words, that will be discovered. Okay. And then also... There might be a, a plot opportunity for this god to reemerge in the chaos of Asarak. So this could be really fun because one of these players, that's one of you three, if the right thing is touched and the wrong thing communicated, I'll be walking you outside and saying, well, this is what's now just happened. <laughs> Touch so, everything. So communicate perfectly. Uh, for us done, uh, could be making appearance again in this in this uh, campaign, so that's why I said I'm keeping the essence and the element. Mm -hmm. But technically, right now he is a dead god in the Forgotten Realms because no one worships him. But by the time we're done with this temple, 
there might be a worshiper, not necessarily willing. <laughs> if that gives you any, if that helps answer your question. Yes. <laughs> and you can thank Aserak for that. I think that's a bluff. I'm not, not, not going to pay attention to that at all. So it's an exciting module because, like I said, as a kid, when, when I first got this and I read it, a lot of, a lot of the concepts I didn't understand. Because I was a kid. I was 10 years old, 9 years old, 13 years old. I, I think I read the module five times over, and I was still befuddled on how to run it because it has adult themes in it. So why would that be hard? Because you're a kid and you just don't understand? Well, I didn't understand how to run a god that was crazy and what that means with the implications on a realm or a campaign. Okay. So reading it, it was like, well, you know what? It's much better to go play this module because it makes more <laughs> sense. It's more direct. Everyone can kill things. You can count your gold pieces and gain XP, and everyone's high level, you know? Dragons to a young people. yeah Princesses to a, are good. yeah to to a young kid between eight and fifteen, stacking up XP from bodies and counting gold is much more interesting than doing an in-depth background of who these weird cultists are that don't make any sense and they're easy to kill and it just didn't make any sense as a kid. It's like, well, I just I know this module has depth. I just don't know how to apply it because mm -hmm. I didn't have the maturity. I recognize when I read things, I don't have the maturity to run this and I use it later time so this is that time this is my first time running the module so it's gonna be uh, really fun to uh, uncover that um, but we are going back to the original classic three now Josh what were the three three characters left from the Tomb of Horrors from S1 so we had Alminius we had Desna and then we had Lycinia okay run down those three characters who they are and what uh... so Lycinia <clears throat> Was, was interesting because I remember creating her and playing her and I always regret not having given her more character until finally we played uh, White Plume Mountain where Alexis was able to, to flush that out and create a, a proper character for her. Now I'm looking forward now that we're playing um, WWG <laughs> <laughs> WWF but um, I'm Gary looking Gary forward because now that I can see Alexis idea for this character I realized it wasn't really my character at all to begin with you know you and I had spoken about it Dan you know mm -hmm. uh, I'm excited to see that well you grew attached to her in this one I liked her because the icon the concept I had for her I thought was really really neat I was super excited to role play it because it was going to be challenging but rewarding and just in the hustle and the fast-paced nature and having so many characters at once in S1 it just was not uh, feasible to focus on she was she was a minor character and uh, it was just not feasible to, to look at that now she so, had a vision of Jahalan dying right and then it come true when mm -hmm. we did the battle it actually came true yes this is true but she was a you know a minor character in the scope of things but now she's got a spotlight now she can be more more grand Exactly. I mean, you go to Tomb of Horrors and come back, you're, you're, you're obviously pretty grand. But um, I guess, you know, in, in, in retrospect, you're asking, who, who is, I, you know, honestly, I don't know who Lycinia is. I'm looking over to Alexis, I'm asking the same question, who is Lycinia, and we're going to see that. That I'm really excited. Uh, Alminius was very interesting because John was handed that character to play, and I ended up having to role play. And it became your character. And it became my character. Now it's handed off to Ken. Yeah. Please, please don't kill my character. Oh, just, he's running in head first now. Yeah, <laughs> he opens all the doors with yeah. his pecker. You know, yeah. just um, banging. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> hey, well, that's what he did in Doom of Horrors. He turned out just fine. Yeah, keep that ring of regeneration on. <laughs> he is an elite, elite force, a fighting fury. 
using double swords. One's a flame tongue, one is an ice brand. Very, very neat. I enjoyed thoroughly that character. Just watching John play him, um, just the concept. But he was a fighter rogue, he, right? This is correct. But even just, you know, the sculpt was really cool too. Like everything about that character I really enjoy. Um, now, his wife served the queen, Illustria, right? This is right, and her and life was died. taken by Asarak. Asarak Same. is Theodorus before he became Asarak. True. Yes. Same as, as uh, Alminius' son, uh, Griffith, who was uh, sucked, soul-sucked before he even he had a chance soul to move his in feet. the tomb. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Time and yeah, I like that character, too. Time stop is a bitch. Wow. Um, but I'm looking soul forward to seeing sucked. Ken's interpretation of the character, because he listened to those... So in a way, you were there. Yep. Even though you didn't play, you were there for S one. So I'm really looking forward. The pressure's on. I am. I uh -oh. am. Uh, I have taken <laughs> notes over here. I'm like, oh, so that's how. But uh, I, I, you know, I've seen Ken's role play. You guys have all heard Ken's role play. It's in good hands. And then of course my my character, the one who I really enjoy, um, Desna Sophia is here. Um, the reason we keep referring to her as Des and Sophia, she's in Sophia's body by the end of S one. Um, so, well, they got to go want, back. Wanna, they have to yeah, go back. You have to go back and, and listen, to listen. So I'm not going to give you the spoilers. To what happened? Something ends up happening where Sophia acts as now the well. Desna dies. Acts as the the vessel for Desna. But then the spirit of Desna goes into the body of Sophia because you have to understand who Sophia is to understand. And then I want the audience out there to look it up. Just Google. Mm -hmm the word Sophia and what it means. So there's, yes, esoteric meaning here, like in a lot of our games. All of the games. So, yes, there's a lot of neat, neat stuff coming about uh, this character that is Sophia Desna. Now, the core essence that you learned at end of S1 was that what? Who is she the daughter of? She's the daughter of Asarak. She's half, because <clears throat> half of her is from her mother, who is a Sophia Prime. Right. So she has the blood of this of this DNA tree that's created by the gods, or Primus. Mm -hmm. And mixed with the DNA of Theodorus. So you literally are in the inheritance nice. of Asarak, that character. So, Lexus, playing a little bit of Lycania, what do you, what's your perspective on, on this character? Because this is a grand character. So I like playing paladin women because I like the idea of having, you know, that strong warrior type, but also has the touch of, like, goodness and and follows the law. I like playing those types. I like it when there's a mix of, well, this is the tradition. This is how it should be. I like it. It's very nice. So I want her, but I want her to also be more, to be feminine, because what I see a lot when I see TV shows and movies you always see the woman warrior, and she acts kind of like a man. Yeah. She's just a man yeah. who's a warrior, so I wanted to bring more... A man more with boobs. <laughs> a man with boobs. So I wanted to bring more of a... Watch Vikings and learn how. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, Watch Spartacus and see how deadly a but woman do can be. do the women yes. in Vikings actually, do they feel like women? You know what's awesome about that series, now that we mentioned that, now we're just... Yeah, they feel like women, but they feel like warriors too. Yeah. And it's a society like that. that looks at women and say, you know what, women can kill and fight just like men, and they can and they can also be just normal women, like men can be normal, but that culture required women to be warriors. Be warriors. It was awesome. So check that series out. A little side <laughs> prom promo. We're not getting any kickback by them, but anyway, Lakinia is a badass paladin. Yes. Ghost hunter. 
Yes. Which is a form of a paladin. Yes. And, and I, then your backstory for her, I gave it to you. Josh also entrusted you with that backstory. You kind of had a backstory for her. Yes. And that is. So I wanted her to. So I, I wanted her to be a paladin of Tear. Tear is. I, it's an Everwinter Knights god. And I, I like that name too, a god mm -hmm. of Tear. He's also a god of law. And he's a very lawful god, so I wanted to. I enjoy playing lawful characters. I enjoy having a code of conduct. So she actually originally didn't like laws or anything, like every child. Think of a little girl. Yeah. Trying to teach a little girl any sort of laws or rules is very frustrating. So she used to, her mentor, who ended up being, who ended up, you know, she followed him and he ended up tutoring her the ways of a warrior, etc was one of those like oh well you have to brush your teeth at this time well we have to go to bed at this time we have to get up at this time training every day at 9 a.m yeah. you know that type of person yeah. okay well now it's time to practice reading now yeah. it's this and she hated it she hated it so much she's like oh my god this guy is so annoying i can't believe i'm listening to him <laughs> but then one day he was going to leave and she realized that she would be very sad she's just a teenager at this point so she realized that, no, I, maybe I do like it. Maybe I do miss him. So she ended up going on a journey with him. And so he became her mentor and trained her as a paladin. So nice. went on adventures. Um, the rest of her story goes that, of course, something usually happens where she grows as a character. They go on a quest and... Because she's level nine, right? No, not now. Not now. She's much higher. She's much higher, <laughs> she's much higher now. now. After surviving the tomb. She's much yeah. higher. Anyway, so before that, she was probably like, what, nine? So before level, the tomb, yeah. she was nine. So yeah. she had to have done something. Yeah, so she had done some stuff. I gave her a story where she traveled with her mentor on a quest. And they went through some... Uh, long story short, she had to make a decision while she was doing the quest where she had to... Where her mentor basically said... You have to run. I will hold them off. And she almost said, no, I want to die here with you. But he basically said, if you care about your God more than me, you have to do this. Well, I'm glad you and brought that up that because that. we're going to rediscover that battle, actually, from her past. Oh, I'm so, excited. So, so, anyway, long story short, she realized that he was right, that she had to listen to her God and not, you know, mm -hmm. go. And, you know, she probably loved him. That usually happens. She probably cared very deeply sure. for him as a... Mentor, father figure. I know okay, I yeah. loved him. <laughs> <laughs> Mentor, father figure. I'm going to leave that up to imagination. But, you know, she cared about him. And when he told her, you know, well, you got to do this. Don't care about me. Care about your duty. She realized that he was right. And obviously she, that kind of scarred her. So that's why I imagine when she went into Tomb of Horrors, she has that sense of duty. She knows she has to do this. She knows that death happens. She's probably very understanding of it. And the other thing, too, is that she looked at Jahalan kind of as that mm. surrogate like figure that, that she lost. So when Jahalan died, it was like, again, again. <laughs> someone she cared about, who she could look up to. I kind of got inspired died. by yes. that for this story. So you're ready to <laughs> sacrifice, you know, limb and kingdom for defeating evil. So yep. I think like Kenny is going to be like 15th level, I think. Now. Wow, I'm excited. So she's going to be a pretty uh, awesome force to uh, manhandle here. Mm -hmm. Now, nice. Animaeus, what do you think? What's your rundown there, Ken? Uh, I think we talked about it before. Was, so give uh, it to me. Give the audience what your rundown is. Uh, the rundown was he, he just, uh, he is determined. 
he's determined. So mm-hmm. how are you going to play him? Like, okay, he lost his wife and his son. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we've role-played that out. I mean, he owns yeah. the Blood and Thunder. Right. Okay. He's had ties in and out of the Purple Knot. Now he's back in. Right. Which he doesn't really reluctantly want to, but he knows the evil now. It's, the stakes are high. Right. So how do you see this character when you role-play him coming into this game? Like I said, he his, his whole goal and mindset is revenge. Just... It's like it's like tunnel vision. Gotta get back. Gotta defeat this turd that killed my wife. And so he's he's basically what you're saying to me is he's going to ensure that he's there to defeat us. Absolutely, at all costs. Okay. That's the way. I mean, that's how, that's what I would be. Yeah. That's what if if that happened. His story with me. That See, I picture a string all... on a guitar so taut. Yeah. That if it's strung too hard, it'll break. It'll break. Yes. <laughs> he is. Very tense. And so he's going to do... He will actually kill to get to this greater evil. Absolutely. To destroy it. He will kill whoever it takes. Yep. No matter what. And nothing's going to stop him. And There's, what level is he now? Do you know, Josh? We mentioned this. You know, he's now like a 13, 13, 14, No, it's 14. more than that. It's higher than that, I think. Well, then why are you asking a question? What level is he, Dan? <laughs> I know he's above 15, 15. We talked about it. It was like 16 we were talking about. Damn. So like he's, he's, he's grand. Yeah, and whether it would take some gray area to achieve now, the goal, I, I think that would be something he would be doing. I mean, there was a vorpal blade you know. found in the in the treasure of Aserac. Okay, so I still haven't gotten back from Josh, and I don't know if you've talked with Josh, but that's something we need to determine when we revisit him here coming okay. up. Does he have the vorpal blade? Because that's going to play a, a very important role here coming up. I think I think he should. But... I think he should too, but. Yeah. You know, there was parts of that treasure hoard that was never defined where it went. So we're gonna have to. We're not gonna play with those this immediate evening, but by next session we're gonna have to know. Yeah, I mean. Now this this evening, we're gonna focus on a pre-story, the candle key. It's Desna's travel, and we're gonna introduce two new characters, her twins. And everyone's saying her twins. She was never married. No, the DNA of her was taken and kept in Avalon when she was a child. That that DNA was used to create two more Sophia Prime characters of her own pure DNA of Aserac. These twins have Aserac blood in her and Sophia blood in them. So there's something that Primus knows, it's kind of, I hate to say it like Star Wars, that if Luke goes, doesn't make it, there's another. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So there has to be something with Theodorus's blood in it to defeat Aserac. And you two are the last hope. Literally, if Desna can't get it done. Nice. What that ramifications are, we'll just have to discover. But tonight we're going to play that story, and then in the coming weeks we're going to we're going to introduce all the the old great heroes. And at the end of WG four, we're going to revisit where we left off in S two, with the end of 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 Cedric and where the fellowship there breaks off. So that's kind of the immediate coming games. So with that said. I would like to thank Josh for doing such a wonderful job on the yes. podcast. The music, yeah. the editing, the writing, taking the emails. I would like to thank our listeners. That We've had some great emails, Josh. You want to uh, reach out to some of these listeners who have sent us some great emails? Just oh, we quick. always send feedback to anyone who wants to send us some feedback as well. So make sure you, you check out the website uh, and leave a comment. 
Make sure you follow us on Twitter. Make sure you you uh, send us an email, as previously mentioned. We'd love to hear from you. Um, because simply, you know, we're role players. That's what we do. Right? That's right. So send us, drop us a line. I'm glad there's a, there's a, we have a, a small church following, guys. I don't nice. know if you know that. I like that. But we do have a small church of following. I mean, when Josh puts it up, it's like this amount of people. It's downloaded instantly. Church of Asterisk. It is. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not much, but you know what? These shows start off small, and right. then they get big, and it's getting bigger. And, you know, in the height of the summer, we had somewhere up around, you know, 100 people looking at it in one week. And, wow. and there was, you know, volumes of downloads. So, But we have a core people that download everything we do, and it's really cool. I appreciate you. That is very cool. That, you know, makes it – we don't get paid doing this. Josh does an immense amount of work with hours of editing and stuff. You know what? We enjoyed the hobby. We're glad that the people are now enjoying it. And I would like to thank Alexis and Ken for their role-playing and being here. I know it's a lot out of all of our time in our lives. So hopefully the game's worth it. Um, In the final thought, um, closing of this pre-show, thank you, Gary. Oh, yeah. And don't roll me ones, fuck damn it. Yeah, no shit. All right, let's go.